The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masechet Megillah has been dedicated by our good friend Mr. Stephen and his wife Gila Israel, a charter member of our Daf Yomi Shi'ud, for the Hatzlacha of both sets of parents. And of course, their dear children. Hashem, Yishmerem, Vihayem, and Bezat Hashem, they should have continued success. Aslahav, Harvaha, Bechol, Maase, Yedehem. This Masechet also has been dedicated by Stephen and his wife, Le'ilun Nishmat Adel Bat Roza, and Le'ilun Nishmat Sarah Bat Adel. Ruach Hashem Tanihem Began Eden Hen Vichol Benot Israel Shachvot Amahem Bichal Rahamim Vasilihot Venomar Amen. Today's daf has been dedicated to Ilun Nishmat Yosef Ben Rosa Alava Shalom, Mr. Joseph Kabaso. Ruach Hashem Tanihenu Began Eden Amen. Daf Ted Vav. Today's daf is being studied the Ilun Nishmat. Abraham ben Esther Ruach Hashem Tanihinu Began Eden Amen We begin today's daf on Tet Vav Amud Rishon And we start on the top line Bishlama Inu Mefarsheh Which means We understand the prophets Their names were listed clearly in the Navi putting them as Nevi'im. Which prophets are we specifically talking about? So Rashid tells us, Bishlama Yirmiyah, Vahanam El, specifically those two, Dikhtiv, Vayavu Elai Hanam El Ben Dodi, Kedvar Hashem. So we know that they were prophets. Baruch V'Siriyah, those two also, Matsinu Shayu Talmide Yirmiyah, we know they were students of Yirmiyah. Baruch Tichtiv Mepiv Yikra Elai Etedevani Ma'ele Vani Kotev Ala Sefer B'Diyo V'Siriyah B'Sof Sefer Yirmiyah Adavar Shishiva Yirmiyah Etsiriyah Bin Mahsiyah So just because they were students of Yirmiyah, what does that mean? So Rashi says, Umatzinu B'Talmidei Nevi'im Shayu Nevi'im Nahar Nahar Which means, we know that the students of the Nevi'im were Nevi'im themselves And Rashi gives examples Nahar Ruach Eliyahu Al Elisha We know that Elisha was a Nevi student the Yoshua Talmid Moshe, and he was also a prophet. And therefore, Ulkaman Tanya Bebaraita Baruch Ben Niriya, Vesiriya Ben Machsiya, Vedaniel Mordechai, Vachagai Vezechariyam Balachi, Kolan Netnabehu Bishnat Shteim Shteim LeDariabes. So we know that these prophets were indeed Nevi'im. However, the Gemara's question really is now: Ela Abhatayu Minalan. How do you know their fathers were Nevi'im? That Zafta'a Al-Kamim says, Shema Shamru Ela Abhatayu Hainu Chilkiyah Abi Yirmiyah We're looking for specific prophets. Chilkiyah, the father of Yirmiyah. Nidiyah, the father of Baruch. Mahsiyah, the father of Sidiyah. And Shalom, the father of Hanamel. So the Gemara wants to know, it's not explicitly written in the passage they were prophets. So how do you know that they indeed were Prophets. So the Gemara says, "Kid Ula, the Amar Ula, Kol Makom Shishmo B'Shem Abiv Bin Biut Biyadua Shu Navi Ben Navi Shemo Velo Shem Abiv 
gives a rule. Whenever we're talking about a prophet and during his prophecy, and it tells us his name and his father's name, so you have to know that not only was he a prophet, but his father was a prophet as well. This means to say, for example, Hazon Yeshayahu ben Amotz, Asher Haza. So therefore, when it says Yeshayahu ben Amotz, it means that not only was Yeshayahu a prophet, but his father Amotz was also a prophet. Now, what's the logic in that? The logic in that is because somebody that's a prophet, you don't have to tell me who his father is. The only reason why we tell me who his father is because he's an unknown. She says, oh, that's the Yeshaya, the son of Amotz. Anybody doesn't know who Yeshaya is? Yeshaya is famous. And they have to say the Pshat is the reason why the Pasuk comes out of its way to tell you who his father is, is to tell you that he also had prophecy as well. And therefore, the Gemara says, if his father's name is mentioned in the Pasuk, that means he's also a Navi bin Navi. If his father's name is not mentioned, it says he's a Navi, but his father is not a Navi. Similarly, the Gemara says, Shemo v'shem Iro. Let's say, says the name of the uh, person, and then it gives us his city. For example, it calls him uh, Habbabli, or Habbarsi. You know, puts, it puts a country after him. So then you know, Mifurash biyadua Shehu, in the right language, Shehu Navi Meotair. You know he was born in that city. That's the way they explained it. However, Shemo Velo Shem if it just gives us his name, but it doesn't give us any uh, city afterwards, Biyadua Shehu Mirushalayim. Then already you know he came from Yerushalayim. Shehu Velo Shem Stam. Without a city, then you know already it is Yerushalayim. So the Maharaja says over here, Dahainu Sheshmu Ayaken Al Shem Ha'ir Shenolad Bakigon Ploni Babli Ploni Misri Ploni Perishti אבל אם לא נזכר שמו על שם עירו, בידוע שלדתו בירושלים. Comes the Gemara and continues. במתניתה תנא, we have a brighter. כל שמעשיו סתומים, you have to add that. ומעשי אבותיו סתומים, ופרט לך כתוב באחד מהם לשבח, which means, let's say uh, we have a person and his father. He's mentioned, uh, so-and-so, the son of so-and-so. And it's mentioned in a pasuk where it's talking about something good that the son did. Okay? Torah goes out of its way, the Navi goes out of its way, it tells the son did something special. And it mentions, this person, the son of so-and-so, so then you know that not only was his deeds good, but the father's deeds as well. For example, Kigon, Devar Hashem Asher El Ben Kushi, Ben Gedalia, Biyadua, Shu Sadiq, Ben Sadiq. She's talking about over a prophecy that Sifanya had. It says Sifanya Ben Kushi. So, from the fact that it tells us Sifanya Ben Kushi, we know not only was Sifanya a Sadiq, but if it's writing his father's name in a pasuk that's talking positive about Sifanya, that means you know his father also was a Sadiq as well. But let's say we see a pasuk by one of them, either the father or the son. And we see it's Gena'i, it's derogatory. Kegon. Ba'i ba'chodesh ha'shevi'i, ba'yishma'el ben Netanya ben Elishama. Now Yishma'el ben Netanya is the one that killed Gedalia ben Ahikam. So we have some Gedalia. So the Gedalia died, he was killed by a Jew called Yishma'el ben Netanya ben Elishama. Be'yadua shurasha ben Rasha. That not only was Yishma'el Rasha, for killing Gedalia, but his father also Netanya. Why? Because the Pasuk mentions something that Yishmael did that was bad, 
and it puts it in the context of his father as well, and therefore you know he was a Rasha ben Rasha. Amar ibn Nahman. Malachi Zemurdechai. Where's a prophet called Malachi? One of the last prophets. And the Gemara says he's the same person. Malachi and Mordechai are the same person. They're saying Malachi is from Nashun Melech. He was the uh, viceroy of the king. Which king? Ahasuerus. So therefore they called the Mordechai Malachi. We have a question. Baruch ben Nidia. Vesiriya ben Mahsiya. It should be. Vedaniel umurdechai belshan vehagai. Zechariya umalachi. Kulam nitnabbeu bishnat shtayim le Dariavish. All these people prophesied in the second year of Dariavish. And two of the people are Mordechai Bilchan and Malachi. So it's clearly you tell me they were two separate people. Gibraltar says, the Yufta in Echanamid, this is a refutation. Now, we said that one of the prophets, one of the prophets we just listed in the times of the second year of Dariavish was Daniel. Uh, the Ya'abets asked the question that Obeah was saying Daniel was a prophet. Again, above we learned uh, in the name of it, Ibn that Daniel was not a prophet. Right. So already we explained that uh, she said that she Daniel lo nishtalach b'mitzvat Hashem nitnabot liYisrael. He wasn't sent on a mission, let's say. However, he was a uh, prophet, which means he kept his prophecy to himself, but he didn't give prophecies that say to others. And Maritz Chayot writes as well that David and Shlomo also, even though they were listed on the, as prophets, we don't see that they were sent uh, ever to give a uh, prophecy anywhere. And even though we learned on yesterday's daf that she said that if you hold that uh, according to that Gemara earlier, that says Daniel wasn't a prophet, you have to take out Daniel from the list and you have to put in somebody else. So it's a whole question, uh, how do you reconcile the prophecies of Daniel? Either you say... Yes, indeed, he was a prophet. He just wasn't a prophet that gave prophecies to Klai Yisrael. And then, this list over the short list that we're seeing now, the prophets in the times of uh, Dariavish, it's listing them. Even though it doesn't fit the, uh, the, uh, the mold of the other prophets. Tanya, Amar Malachi Ezra. Okay, different uh, person. Malachi is actually Ezra Sofer. Malachi Shemo. And some say, no, Malachi is Malachi. He is uh, who he is. Amar of Nahman. Makes sense to say that Malachi is Ezra. Why? Because in the prophecies of Malachi it says, The Jewish people have rebelled. Abomination has been done in Israel and Jerusalem. Ezra was bemoaning the fact, or Malachi that is, was bemoaning the fact that the Jewish people of Yerushalayim and Israel were intermarrying. They were marrying Bat El Nechar. They were marrying the, the, the daughters of Avodah Zarah. Daughters of Avodah Zarah is a way of saying Goyot. Goyot. It was intermarriage. Now, Uman Aflish Nashim Nochriot, who was the one that was responsible for separating uh, these mixed marriages? Ezra. We see that when Ezra uh, Sofer came to Eretz Israel, the Jewish people confessed to him that we sinned and we have taken the Shim and we know Ezra Sofer 
is the one that spoke and gave them uh, Musa'ar and was uh, responsible to bringing them back. So, which means to make the to make the shuba. So we see Malachi must be Azra because the pasuk does talk about Malachi discussing the issue of the intermarriage, and we see Azra. So it must be it was the same the same person. It's interesting over here. It doesn't tell us why then was he called Malachi. It just tells us Malachi is Azra. So why was he called Malachi? So over here the Maharsha explains that it was obvious because Azra was a great scholar. Azra Sofer. And his Torah was so great, it was like a Malach. So therefore they called him Malachi al-Shem Torah Tor. But it's, that was obvious. Everybody knew that Zan Sofer was like a Malach because of his uh, Torah. Comes the Gemara and continues. Four beautiful women that lived in the world. Sarah, you just have to change the order over here. Rahav, Abigail, Esther. So the Gemara says, But according that we left above, that Esther was green, she had a green complexion, which means she wasn't so beautiful. So how can you say she was one of the four most beautiful women? So take out Esther and put Vashti in the count. Tosfot has a question over here, what about Hava? We know that the Gemara says in a different place, Baba Batra, that Sarah Imenu in front of Hava, even though Sarah was beautiful, but compared to Havva, the analogy is kekof bifne Adam. Wow. It's like the analogy between a monkey in front of a human being. So definitely Havva was beautiful. So the, the Tosfot answers were only talking about beautiful people that were born from parents. Havva, however, was not born from, from parents. Therefore she's not on the... She didn't make the list. Comes the Gemara now and says, Rahav Bishma Zinta. She's Rahav just by mentioning her name, she was able to cause a person to come to Zenut. Ya'el Bekola. Ya'el just hearing her voice would cause a person to sin. Avigail Bizkirata. Avigail just mentioning or remembering her. Michal Bachaul Briata. Michal Bachaul by seeing her. So each one had a certain way. Amar b'itzchak, kol ha'omer rahav rahav b'yad dekri. Somebody that would just mention rahav's name, right away would become tameh. He would become a ba'al keri. Amar l'rav nachman, ana amina rahav rahav, lo ikhbatli. So what do you mean? I said rahav rahav, nothing happened to me. So amar leki ka amina b'yod'aw makira. So people who knew her were with her. She's somebody that was with rahav, he just mentions her name. The name already triggers off a tum'ah. So the Mefarshim over here, the Maharsha says a nice name is in the Pesukim for these things. It says, he, uh, when it comes to Rahav, just the mentioning of her name, Bishma. So the Pasuk says by Rahav, Isha Zona Ushma Rahav. Which means, Isha Zona Ushma Rahav. If you're just mentioning her name, already caused the person to make sin. Ya'el Bekola. Ya'el is the one that brought Sisera into a tent and committed the, the act with him. So it says, Vatomer Elav Sura Adoni Sura. Which means just by words. Sura Adoni Sura already enticed Sisera. Uh, so you see, Ya'el Bekola. Abigail already is. Uh, which means it says that when David was coming back 
But the Aaron says, Abigail was looking out the window. Says, why? Michal, I'm sorry, was looking out the window. Why was she looking out the window? She didn't want to go out. Because if anybody even looked at her, already can cause the Baha'u'llah to have Hiruriyah. Uh, so therefore, Michal, so she was by the window, as inside. Comes again, what I continues. Says Mordechai knew everything that was happening. My my Amar. What, what did Mordechai say? Says he let out a bitter cry. He heard about the Gezira of Haman. What did he say? The girl says, My Amar. So Rav Amar, Rav says, Gava Libo Shilhaman Me'ahazverosh. So there, we're in trouble. He says, Haman uh, now has been elevated above Ahazverosh. She says, Shemila'on Libo 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 Which means what Ahazverosh didn't even think of doing. As big of an anti-Semite Hazvirosh was, could be he didn't intend to have uh, the uh, the anti-Semitism, like, like on this level of genocide. But Haman said something that uh, even Hazvirosh would not uh, would, would not do. So that's what the crying was. Ushmuel Amar, Ushmuel says, "Givar Malka illa'a min Malka tata'a," which really means the Malka illa'a, the king. In the heaven is overpowered, mimalka tata, overpowered the king that is on earth. Now she says that this is a euphemism, which means Hashem Shalom. The Mordechai doesn't want to say that Hashem is overpowering Kadosh Baruch Hu, but that's what he meant to say. Which means really the king on earth, Kiviyachol is overpowering the king in the heaven. But the nation is the Jewish nation, Am Yisrael, and what is they saying? Hashem wants to kill God's nation, so Kiviyachol. The, a king on earth is beating the king that's in the heavens. That's the Mephashim say. The Maharsha says over here, again, it's based on by Zaak Zaakan Gedolah Umara. So one explanation is like we said, Zaak al Shigava Haman. Right? The explanation is that because Haman was uh, elevated. And the other explanation, he says over here, that Mordechai said, Bedirich Nivua, Bedirich Tefila, Shafidu Shamilich Lemata Gadalet Haman, Hamilich Alion Yitkaber Vyashpiloto. Which means, somewhat, it's not a euphemism. Read it straight. The upper king, God, is overpowering the lower king. Was a Nivua. Jesus was saying, even though right now it doesn't look that way, at the end of the day it's going to happen. The upper king, what Allah is going to overpower the lower king, and the Gizra is going to be nullified. Comes Gemara continues, but it halhal hamalka. Okay, so uh, the interpretation of it means she wilted, like uh, she uh, she got scared. So the Gemara says, "My but it halhal." What does but it halhal mean? Amarab she persani da, which means it says that she became an ida, which means that she says nitmasmes halal gufa. The inside of her body wilted. She became a nidaha when she heard the news, she got scared. And it says in the halakha that if a lady gets scared suddenly, it causes the nidah to come. So with the halal, something happened inside of a halal, the halal gufa. 
which is what happens. She puts on it there. Similar to chapter now, go to the the kavim. She needs to go to the bathroom. But the kara is still atach. So now I still want to find out what's going on. She looks outside. She sees Mordechai. He's wearing sack for effer. He's crying and all this. So she doesn't know what's what's going on. So the kara is still atach. So she calls atach. Amar Rav atach is Daniel. Atach was. None other than Daniel. Because Hatach, the hair and the head can be interchangeable. She says they, they cut him from his position. That she says that uh, originally he was very big position he had during Belshazzar's reign. And when he got to Ahasuerus, uh, also in the times of Koresh. However, when he got to Ahasuerus, uh, they uh, demoted him. So they called him Hatach, the one that got demoted from his uh, position. Okay. Now, uh, the other opinion says, "Shmuel Amar she called the Vrim Malchut Nihtachim Al Piv." Something of Hatach is meaning uh, decided or uh, cut in the sense that any decision that the king makes was ruled according to Daniel. He was, he was an advisor that the decisions were cut and finalized through Hatach. So the Benish Chayovia says that Rabbi Shmuel and not arguing. Well, it sounds like they're arguing. Rav says they cut him down from his position. So was Mashra that he was a senior advisor? So what's the what's the shot? So the Benish Chai says like this: Shinavu Shmuel lo nechleku. Ela Shmuel is bir it devre Rav. Shmuel is explaining uh, Rav how. Ta'inu shemekivat shemekoresh v'dariyavish. In the times of Koresh and Dariyavish, Daniel yasar mune gamal anyanei hatzera melech apinimit v'gamal anyanei chutz. Daniel at the time of those kings was not only the interior minister. He was taking care of things inside the government itself, but he was also the foreign minister. They trusted him on everything. And then when Shavuot says, that's they cut him. So Shavuot says, where did they cut him? He only now, it was an advisor on interior things. So therefore, it's, it's, it's agreeing. This is, a, this, is a, this is a manifestation of the demotion of Daniel, because now he only dealt with the things of the king himself. So now the are not arguing. So I still want to know, what's going on over here? What, 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 what's all the crying and everything? So, is a reference to the Pasuk in the Torah that talks about the Luchot. The Luchot were etched through the, through and through. So she was saying, maybe this is a result of the fact that the Jewish people have transgressed the Torah that says about it. So now what happened? Mordechai uh, sends back. You got to go into the into the palace. And you got to go and uh, you know speak to the king. So Esther sends back. What do you mean? I haven't been called in 30 days. It's just a matter of time. That is going to call me. Why do I have to go in uh, unannounced? So really, Esther is rejecting originally Mordechai's uh, request. So it says, "Vayagidu le Mordechai." What do you mean, "Vayagidu"? I thought Hatach was the runner. Hatach was running back and forth between Esther and Mordechai. Now, so the pasuk changes, "Vayagidu." Well, why did it turn into plural? So the explanation is, "Vi'ilu ihu lo azalegabe." However, Hatach did not go back to tell Mordechai that Esther uh, did not accept the. The offer. From here we see the Eretz that uh, when right, when the bad news, you, you, you don't uh, 
you know you don't go back. So Hattak didn't want to go back and give the, the bad news that she wasn't going to listen. So therefore they sent others. She had other, obviously, advisors there, or whatever you want to call them, Shilihim. So she sent others. But Hattak didn't go back because he felt, you know, Mordechai said something, you shouldn't go back and be the bearer of Betus. Okay, so now what does Mordechai say? I'm sorry, Esther. What does she say? Go gather all the Yehudim and let them fast. Right, says I will come into the king, uh, not according to the law. Amar bi Abba, Shelo Kedat. What does it mean, Shelo Kedat? Not like the, the, the law. Kol Yom Vayom. Adachshav. Let's read it the right way. Kol Yom Vayom. Be'onis. Ve'achshav. Be'ratzon. Which means, Till now, I only went to the king by force. I didn't go willingly into the king. Now, what does it mean going to the king? We know when you go into the king, the king uh, is, 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 with the, is with Esther. So she doesn't want to go in willingly. She's uh, Jewish. She's going to go down and have Azul Shalom relations with the king willingly? She says, till now, it was be honest. Now you're telling me to go, Benatzon. Now I'm going willingly. So I said, not according to the normal procedure that's been happening till now. He asked me to go in willingly. Furthermore, avati avati. And like I lose out, I'm going to lose out. She lose out twice. So just like uh, I was lost from my parents' house, meaning I had no, I lost my parents when I was young, and I have no, uh, cannot, can never get them back. So I'm going to be lost to you. What's the explanation? Why is she going to be lost to Mordechai? Because remember, we learned she was married to Mordechai, correct? And what's the halakha? Uh, the halakha is that once she goes willingly with another man, so now she becomes forbidden to the husband. So therefore she says, Kashir avati avati. She's like, I got lost from my parents. That happened once. That would be lost from you. So Mordechai says, uh, so why does it give her a divorce? Divorce her. Give her a get. If you give her a get, so now already even if she goes with her husband willingly, she's permissible to go with Mordechai. So look at Tosfot. Im tomar amaylo ayam migarsha v'tem mutir la'zira. You can't keep a get quiet. You need witnesses. Once already there's a get with witnesses, it's going to get back. What's going to get back? Esther is married to Mordechai. Mordechai is Yehudi. Must be Esther is Yehudi. Oh, then it's going to get back. And now already it's going to expose who she was. And therefore they didn't want that to be known. And certainly, not only that, they don't want it to be known that she's married to Mordechai. And she's the king's uh, wife. How could you marry Mordechai at the same time? So therefore, not to get into the trouble. So they, therefore, she couldn't give again. So therefore, it's Kashir Avati, Avati. Now, of course, there's great, uh, great amount of Mefarshim uh, on this subject over here regarding how Esther went in willingly. Uh, the question, one question is, what happens to the Yahadeg Val Yavor factor? Which means, Allah says that you have to be willing to give up your life for Gilu Arayot. So therefore, how can she go in the willingly? And that's one of the three cardinal sins that you're supposed to, you're supposed to die for. So the Mepharshim uh, answer in uh, Sanhedrin, uh, like this, is one of Rashi's answers. Shirak ala bo'el yashayuf limsorat nafshoh. The hayuf to die is on the man to give up his life for Arayot. 
He's making the ma'aseh. Which means she's passive in the act. That's one answer. The Birutan gives a different answer. She ain't hayavim mital be'ilat ovet kuchavim. She be'ilaton yashevet be'ilat behema. She's the girl is like a behema. Therefore, you're not hayav to give up your life with the be'ah of a behema. The Maharsha asks, why didn't Mordechai divorce Esther kedel hatsilam yisul eshet ish? Here's a different question than Tosafot. Tosafot's question was, give her Gerushin so he could take her back. Maharsha is, no, give her a divorce to save her from the sin. Because now if she goes with a Hasverot, she's a married woman. Now already she has Eshet Ish on her. Divorce her to save Esther from the sin. So, you know, that wants to answer that really Esther is considered Anusa. Even though she went in willingly... But the actual situation itself was uh, considered anusa, and therefore, according to many, she thought she was permissible uh, to go back to um, go back to uh, Mordechai. Of course, I have to explain this Gemara uh, differently. Comes the Gemara and continues. Yeah, but that's yeah, that's why she's honest. So she said, oh, it's a she thought she's really permissible. So it says, and Mordechai, he, overri- he, over- he overrided something. When he declared the fast, he had to override something. What did he override? Mm-hmm. The fast was on the 14th, the 15th, the 16th of Nisan. That means what? The 15th of Nisan is Pesach. We didn't say that. He overrided the seder, meaning there was no uh, eating matzah and no zivot on the tani, uh, because of the tani. He crossed. He crossed the channel, which means there was water to get to the other side of the kingdom. He wanted to get all the Jews on the other side of the kingdom as well involved in the fest. So how did he uh, tell them? So he went across the channel in order to let the people on the other side of the river know exactly uh, that there was going to be a fast. That's the Vayavor. This was the third day, so Esther is going now into the palace. So this is Esther war Malchut. What do you mean you wore? How do you wear Malchut? It's a big day Malchut. It says she wore royal garments. Amar Birazar, Amar. So we learned earlier that she wore Ruach HaKodesh means she had the spirit of prophecy that came over it says over that she wore you see by Amasai it says that the spirit he wore the spirit so you see it's possible to use the word Vatilbash not by clothes, even by a spirit. So therefore, we're talking about the spirit of prophecy. Do not treat the beracha of a hidyot, uh, of a simple person, don't take it lightly. There were two great men that were blessed by two simple men, and the berachot came true. David Daniel. David the Berche Aravna. Aravna is the one that David bought the plot of the Bet from. At the time, there was a plague that was taking place, and uh, Aravna blessed David. 
דכתיב, ויאמר ענבנה למלך, השם אלוקיך ירצך. Because God should accept your tefillot, you should find favor in his eyes, and it says the magifah stopped. So you see, Arabna's berachah came true. Daniel, the berachah Dariyavish. Daniel was blessed by the king, Dariyavish, dikhtiv, elach di an palach le betadirah, the God that you constantly pray to, who you should be na, he should save you. And then Daniel was saved from the lions then. And they're giving part of the credit to that he has his berachat. Berachat hediot. Don't 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 belittle the berachat hediot because it came true. Amar bilazab. Amar b'harina alti kedalat hediot kala b'harina. Don't take the curse of a simple man lightly. Shere Avimelech kedalat Sarah. After Sarah Emenu was with Avimelech, and of course nothing happened. Uh, then Avimelech says, "How come you didn't tell me?" How come you didn't tell me that, uh, that, 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 that that's your husband? I wouldn't have done anything to him. As a result of it, you should, just like you concealed this information from me, you should have a child that's going to be concealed as well. Which means blind. And it happened. Which means if you have a child, it should also be concealed in his eyes. When it came up, it happened. How do we know? So his eyes became weakened as a result of the curse of Avimelech. The way Kuzbaruchu runs the world is different than person wants to fill a pot up with water. So what does he have to get first? The pot. First he gets the pot, then he fills up the water. First he makes the water, and then he gets the kedera. In this case, like the kedera is like the clouds. But the water is already there. First he gets the water, where he's putting the water. Where is he putting the water? That's the, God, the miracle of the kedera. He's able to sustain the water before he has the pot. And then he puts the water into the pot. The water already is in the Shammayim. Anybody that says information in the name of the one that they heard it from is responsible for bringing Geulah. Simple interpretation over here is because Esther could have uh, plagiarized the information for herself. When she told the king about Bektan Bateris, the plot Mordechai didn't specifically tell her, make sure you say that I was the one that gave you the information. But instead on her own, she was Omer Davar B'Shem Omro. Now as a result, the Geulah came because of that. Why? Because as a result, they marked down Mordechai in the book, in the Sefer Zichronot. And as a result, when it came back to pay him, so therefore the, 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 the tides uh, turned. So therefore, Geulah came because she said B'Shem Mordechai. When the Sadiq is lost, so who loses out? The generation. Which means the Sadiq remains to be a Sadiq wherever he is. The loss is really to the people. Person lost a pearl. Jesus, a person lost a, a pearl. A pearl is a pearl. No matter where it is. Elawad, the owner's lost it. To the owner it's lost. But to itself it remains as intrinsic. Haman, when he sees that Mordechai is not bowing to him, he says, All this, all my prestige and all my honor, etc., my money, it's not worth anything to me. It's all this is not uh, worth anything to me. 
So the Gemara says, Kedram Chazda. Tabarif Chazda. Zeba beprosboli. Zeba beprosboti. What is prosboli? Prosboti. So look at Rashi. Zeba beprosboli. Mordechai ba elab betanat osher. Vehaman ba betanat oni. Shemachar haman et atzmo. The Mordechai kodem lachen yamim rabim. Mikikare lechem. And Midrash tells a story that Haman. Uh, the Mordechai, they were both in a war. Haman ran out of supplies. So Mordechai gave uh, Haman all the supplies. But he sold him himself as a slave to Mordechai. And then all Haman's money belongs to Mordechai. So Mordechai is coming along and saying, uh, I'm rich. I'm Yoma Yoma Yevet. Right? Bulid, as she says, Lashon Osher. So this one's coming with Prusboli. He's saying, what? That uh, I'm rich and all your money belongs to me. Vezeba be Prusboti, Lashi, Boti, Lashon Aniyut. Kemova Abed Tabitenu. So therefore, that's why Haman says, Vechose Enenu Shovid. Whatever happens is not worth anything. Why? Because it all belongs to Mordechai. Because when the guy was claiming that, I don't have to bow to you, you're my evidence. If anything you have to bow, to me. So that's why the, uh, that's why he got uh, angry. Comes again when I get the news. Amara Papa, the Karule, Avda, the Mizdaban, the Talmud. He called Haman the slave that sold himself for loaves of bread. That's he nicknamed him. You're the Avda. Again, Haman says, Nothing is worth anything to me. From the fact that Pastor called in it's much he pointed to his wealth. He pointed to something. So it says, Must be at all his. Uh, want to say his documents or his starot or his wealth he held it by his uh, heart so therefore he pointed to the notes and then he had his, carried his bank book around so therefore he carried it next to him so he said he pointed to his heart all this is not worth it to me when he saw Mordechai Yoshib bowing to him that the donation of the word that he pointed to his wealth is going to be like a crown uh, on the heads of all the tzaddikim. So the Gemara says, Those that uh, listen to the commandment, so if you know, is the commandment, the uh, imperatives of Akadosh Baruch and those that are anticipating for the day of Borelam's glory to be revealed, so those people end up with a crown, a crown will be a crown, so to speak, over their heads. But everybody, everybody that uh, follows the Torah and <coughs> uh, anticipates the Mashiach, so they're going to have the crown. No, only to the remnants of the nation. Who's the remnants? Only the humble people that make themselves like remnants. It's not enough to <coughs> do the mitzvot. It's not enough to anticipate the Mashiach. But that's to be the she'er ammo. To benefit this keter or this atara that God's going to put over the <coughs> sadikim. It has to be coupled with genuine humility. Ulruach mishpat. Zeat, end of the pasuk. Zeat dan et yitzro. Those are the people that judge their Yitzir, which means they're constantly fighting with the Yitzir Allah, and they're forcing him to make Teshubah. Ul Yoshev ala Mishpat, Zeh Adan Din Emet La Amito. 
These are the people that give true judgment, the, the, the honest judges. What does it mean, dan emet la'amito? Sometimes you can have a case that's emet, but it's not la'amito. Meaning, according to the facts, the judge says the deen is as such. However, it's not la'amito. Because sometimes the judge is supposed to invoke what's called deen mirumeh. Which means, he says, even though on paper, according to the claims I'm hearing, the deen should be like this. But you know what? I suspect that there's trickery over here. I suspect that one of the, somebody over here is uh, fooling around with the, with, 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 with the testimony. But therefore, that's emet amito. That you judge it, not only according to the facts that you get, but you're able to even make sure that there's no trickery in the, in the, in the claims. That's called deen mirumeh. Vilik Buddha, and the Pasuk continues, Vilik Buddha, those that are strong, Zea Mitkaber al Yitzro, and those that overpower the Yitzro. Meshive Milchama, those that are involved in the war, which war are we talking about? Shinosim Vinotim Milchamta Shetorah, that they're involved in the war of Torah, which means the back and forth, the Tamidah Kalim that are fighting in the learning. Shara, by the gate, Jewish people. The Jewish people are in Gan The Goyim are in Ginnam. So Bidat Adin says, what's the difference between these people and these people? Amadu HaKaz Baruch Hu. Yisrael asku Batorah. Big difference. The Jewish people learn Torah. That's what brings them to Gan The Goyim don't learn Torah. That's why they go to Ginnam. Amad Lehem. Gam Ele Beyayin Shagu Bishkar Ta'u. Says these people also, they... They made a mistake when it comes to the wine and the shekhar, they, uh, the, the, that's the intoxicating beverage, they veered off the path, which means the yayin is a reference to the Torah. So you're saying, what do you mean? Not every Jew learns Torah. So which how could you tell me? It's, 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 it's automatic. Every Jew studies Torah, so he goes to get Eden? It's not fair. There are Jews that don't learn Torah. So the end of the Pasuk says, Paku You're right. As a result, they're going to be, have a stumbling block in front of them. What's the stumbling block? They'll go to Gainam as well. And paku elagehinam shneema veloti zot necha lepuka. Remember we learned yesterday. Abigail told uh, David when uh, he wanted to go with her and he wanted to kill Naval. He said veloti. She said veloti zot lepuka. This should not be a stumbling block. And the stumbling block, what she was really saying is, if you're going to go with me, I'm eshet ish. It's going to be gehinam for you. So we see the word puka is gehinam. So paku pelilia. They're going to end up in gehinam. What does pelilia mean? They're going to be judged. They're going to be judged in Gehinam. The word Pelilia is referring to judges. The Torah talks about how you'll have to pay through judges. So then what really the Pasuk is saying, well, there's no favoritism. The Jews that study Torah will end up in Gehinam. And the Jews that don't study Torah in Gehinam, they'll be like the Goyim. They end up in Gehinam. They'll be judged in Gehinam. So it says she stood, when she was going into the king, she stood in the outer chamber. The outer chamber of Ahasuerus, actually the inner chamber, there was Bet Avod Azara. He had all his idols over there. So the Shekhinah left her. Because the Shekhinah does not stay with his Avod Azara. Amra, Eli, Eli, Lama, Azabtani. Why are you leaving me, Akadus Baruch Hu? You're treating a Shogeg uh, unintentional, like intentional, while honest, Kerason? 
which means you see I'm honest over here. You know I'm, I have no choice to go in over here. So therefore you're punishing me as if I'm doing it uh, willingly. Or Shema al shikaratif kelev. Or maybe the reason why you're punishing me and leaving me is because I called the Hasverosh a kelev, a dog. Shnei emar hatsila mecherev nafshi miyad kelev yehidati. And there's avon to be mezazel b'melech. Jesus, even like we see by Moshe Rabbeinu, he kept the respect of Paro. He never was mezazel with the respect. He, never, he treated him with the proper formalities of a king. She says, maybe you're punishing me because I'm calling the Hasverosh a caliph. So therefore, that's why you're leaving me. Hazra v'karato aryeh. So he called him uh, a lion. Shneimaro shi'ayeni mepi aryeh. Save me from the lion. Now, the Mephashim is something to explain is that really it's a zilzul takalosh baruchu kibyachon. Because if you say Hazrat is a caliph, as if the caliph is fighting a Kalosh Baruch Hu. Like we said above, that when the guy said the king on, on the bottom is fighting the king on the top. So it's, uh, at least if you say it's a lion, nothing is anything compared to Kalosh Baruch Hu. But to say it's a caliph, so it's a Madriga lower, it's a that a caliph was fighting as a Kalosh Baruch Hu. So maybe this is a Zul in the Kalosh Baruch Hu itself. So he said, okay, see, I'd say that it may be a Others explain that actually she was referring to Haman. And therefore she was saying that she, it's Haman is the one that we have to uh, uh, go against. So she said, no, maybe I'm missing the, the boat. Maybe Haman's really, uh, he's the Shalia, but the real anti-Semitism is stemming from Azverosh. I'm praying uh, for, for, the wrong, uh, for the wrong guy. I'm going after the caliph. Okay, she ate him a pee at the air. Really, who was the one that uh, wanted it? Pashverot, a case of Natunach. She said, take the, uh, the money is paid. So therefore she prayed for the right, for the source, which was Ashverot. So when Esther was seen in front of Ashverot, uh, uh, says he took his scepter and he uh, stretched it out. She touched the Rosh Hashanah. That was the way that you get accepted. Now it seems... Uh, that when she went in, she was fasting. She was very weak. So, there were three angels that escorted her inside at that moment. The one that lifted up her, her neck in order she should stand straight. And the other one put a, a charm on her so the king will find her uh, charming. And the other one stretched the sharbit. Because the king, he just went like this. But uh, she was far away. So a miracle happened that the Sharbit stretched all the way where Esther was so she could touch it. It was a miracle, which means the, the Malach was controlling the Sharbit of Hazverosh. How far did it stretch? It was two Amot, but it stretched to Shtemesis. It was ten Amot uh, stretching. Some say it went to sixteen. Twenty-four. Went all the way to 60 Amot. It says when Bat Paro was in the water, and she stretched out her hand to get the uh, uh, basket when Moshe Rabbein was in. So also it says it was 60 Amot. How do they know that? Because, oh actually it's because, You find similar the 60 Amot item by the teeth of the Rishaim. It says the Borelam breaks the teeth of the Rishaim. What is this referring to? When Moshe Rabbeinu was fighting against Og Melech HaVashan at the end of his life. So Og picked up a mountain, and he had the mountain over his head. So he going to throw it on Klai Yisrael. But Elam brought worms, and the worms started, and bugs, they started to eat the inside of the mountain, and all of a sudden the mountain became hollowed out and fell on Og's head. Now it's covering Og the mountain, so he wanted to lift it off of him. 
all of a sudden, Og's teeth started to stretch out, and they went into the mountain itself. So he was stuck, he was lodged into the mountain. So, Shinere Shaim Shiribabta. Jeez, you caused the teeth of the Shaim to, to enlarge. That's, it should say, Shin Rasha. Shinere, you have an extra Yud, and the Shaim, you have an extra Yud Mem. So, Yud Mem is 50. And the extra yud in uh, Shineh is another 10. That's 60. That's Aino with 60 Amma. That's what she says. So 60 Amma, his teeth came stretching into the mountains itself. Rabah bar Ofran Amar, Meshub Nabil Azhar, Shishamah Mirabah, Mirabah Mirabah Matayim. He says, no, I have a tradition that it actually stretched out 200 by the... Uh, by the stick of Asferos. 200 Amma, that means he had a big palace. That was 200 Amma. Means Hashanah was sitting all the way at the end of the of the room. Two hundred amas, like four hundred feet. It's a tremendous amount. Vayom ela melech lestera malka. Maba kashatek at hasiyam malchut v'teas. Says, ask up to the middle of the kingdom, and I'll give it to you. So the Gemara says, hasiyam malchut v'lo kol malchut. Which means hasiyam malchut v'lo kol malchut. What does it mean? Up to half the kingdom. Why would it mean up to half the kingdom? So it says, v'lo davar shachot says the malchut. Not the item that separates my kingdom. The middle of Hasfiros' kingdom was Yerushalayim. So what uh, he was saying was, ask for anything, but uh, to build the Bet HaMikdash, Yerushalayim, I'm not going to give you. Now, it doesn't mean that he knew that she was Jewish, but she knew that he was connected to Mordechai somehow. So it could be Mordechai was petitioning Esther to, you know, like that's what happens to the queens. The queen doesn't only ask for her nation. A government official gets lobbied by the people that she's close to for, for their issues. Now listen, ask for anything, but don't ask me the item that divides my kingdom. That's the Yerushalayim, that much I cannot give you. So what did she say? No, I don't have that request. I just want to make a party. I want you and Hamad to come to the party. Now we have to analyze over here, the Gemara is going to analyze to the end of the daf. What's the strategy over here? Of inviting Haman to the party. She, she wants uh, to tell Hasverot that uh, there's going to be a genocide of her people. What do you need Haman there for? Just to tell Hasverot. What's the pshat over here in the strategy of a state to invite Haman to the party? So the is going to give different understandings. She was setting him up for a trap. We have a pasuk that says their tables are a stumbling block for them. Which means, uh, we have a tradition that around the table of a sirudah, things like that, people, people are off guard. People, are, okay, they get trapped. They say things maybe that incriminate themselves. So therefore, she knew that around the mishteh, and we have a pasuk that says, Yishu Around the table, the people get entrapped. So if she had a chance to catch Haman. No, she had a tradition she learned from her ancestors. said, if your enemy is hungry, feed him bread. Which means like this. She figured, it's like a bribe. I'll invite him out to the party. I'll give him uh, food. I'll give him all this kavod. Now already, when the gezera is exposed, Haman's going to have to let me off. Because he owes me now. Because I'm giving him uh, bread. I'm feeding him. So therefore she felt that this was a tactic that Haman will break the gezera, soften him up, because now he owes her for giving, her all, the, giving all this kavod. <clears throat> so he wanted to defuse Haman by uh, killing him with kindness. So he's not going to take a uh, advice and he's going to rebel. Which means she was concerned that if you don't keep uh, Haman uh, close over here, if she just invites uh, Hazverosh, so now Haman's going to start thinking, what's going on over here? 
Something's going on. So now he's going to make a coup against the king. If he makes a coup against the king and overthrows Azverosh, so then already we have no shot. So therefore, to keep Haman close, in order that he will not rebel or get angry at the king and all that, so to keep him close, so therefore, she knew that she was able to, she, she was trying to work through Azverosh. She knew that you can't work from with Haman. So therefore, keep him close, so he doesn't take an advice to go rebel against the king. This explanation is over there. She didn't want uh, Haman to suspect that she was Jewish. Now, how did she accomplish that? By inviting him to the party. Haman is like Hitler in Machshemo. If Esther was Jewish, you think she's making a party inviting uh, Haman? He's the only one that's invited besides the king? So therefore, he didn't want uh, Haman to have any inkling to the last moment that she was Jewish. Because if he has an inkling, already he's going to speed up the uh, Gezerah so Esther doesn't uh, overturn it. So therefore, he invites them to throw him off so they will not think at all for a moment. And I was going to say, would she invite me? For, would a Jew, uh, after I make such a gizera, would a Jew treat me with such uh, such kavod? So that was to throw him off so she doesn't... Um, so he doesn't uh, suspect. According to this explanation is, this was for the Jewish people. The Jewish people all of a sudden see, they're still sitting down with Haman. Now, it could be the Jewish people, they always said to themselves, eh, we have our sister, she's the queen, it'll be handled. All of a sudden they see, she's sitting with Haman. They say, well, she's a traitor. Well, we can't rely on Esther. Esther's sitting with the enemy. So all that caused them to do, to pray. So this was a, 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 a strategy to invoke Klai Israel not to rely on her. And now when they say, oh, forget it, we can't trust uh, Esther, she's meeting with the enemy. Therefore, they're going to pray, and the prayers are going to be activated. So, he's close to her at all times. What does this mean? Which means, once he's exposed, he wants him to be there so he doesn't escape. She's at the, at the party, he's close. When, if he's not at the party, now uh, he's going to get out, that Haman was exposed by uh, Esther. No. Now he knows about it. He can run. He can flee. He can save himself. He wants it to happen immediately. Once Hashem finds that it's him, because could be Hashem can change his mind also in the interim. Right. Until you find him, okay, uh, you know, let him go. But if he's right there, that can happen in the story. Hashem say, this is the guy, kill him immediately. Because he's right there, he's accessible. So that was a strategy. When it breaks, he'll be right there. We'll see to what extent that Esther had to go. That she even had to meet with Haman, and that will invoke divine mercy in the Shamaim. Because Boreola will say, They have to meet with our sworn enemies, with the Haman and Rasha, Esther and Malkas, to sit in the same room now and make a party. So this will cause Haganus Baruch Hu to have divine mercy. Wow. According to this, Esther was involved in Mishirut Nefesh. She said, you know what? I'll treat uh, Haman favorably in order that we both get killed. What can happen to Hashverosh? She's going to get jealous. Hashverosh said, what is this? Something must be going on between Haman and Esther. Okay, what is this? Making a meeting like this and he invites, uh, she invites uh, Haman. Must be something going on. So it will invoke his jealousy. What's going to happen as a result? He's going to kill both of them. Good. She's unwilling to die. But a man will also die. And then when the Gezerah will be uh, revoked. Listen, he was a which means he always changed his mind. And therefore, he's going to say, kill Haman. If Haman is not going to be there, 
What's going to happen? He'll change his mind. And then uh, ready, uh, the Gazelle will come back. So he need, well, he, she, again, the point is when it breaks, she wants Haman to be right there, so the king will immediately sentence him. The Gemara says, which means with all those answers, we still need the answer of Rabbi Azar Modai. The Tanya, Rabbi Azar Modai Omer, can atob a mele, can atob a sarim. Now the main reason is all these answers that we said till now answer why she invited Haman, but it doesn't explain why she didn't invite anybody else. You can invite Haman, but there's other uh, ministers. No, can atob a mele, can atob a sarim. She wanted not only the king to be jealous, to now. Not be jealous, to be to be jealous now to want to hurt Haman, because now by instead inviting Haman, she's putting Haman on the same level as Azverosh. Mm-hmm. So the king to defend himself to slash over here, where he thinks he's on my level. Over he comes to the party as if he's me over here. Now already creates kinah between Azverosh and Haman and all the other ministers, all the other cabinet ministers. What is he? He's the only cabinet minister. He gets to come to the meeting now already. So she wants to put Haman in a bad light in the eyes of Azverosh and in the eyes of the Sarim. Now, gives a different answer. Shever Gaon. Based on the Pasuk. Before God breaks somebody, He elevates them. So there's a certain elevation you have to go before you fall. The higher they are, the harder they fall. So therefore, she wants to accelerate the process. Right? Let's say you have to get to the top of the ladder before you fall. So therefore, she wants to raise them. Give them and all that. Lift them up. Shever. Before He falls, Gaon. Raise them up. Which means the Pasuk over here is understanding that just like we know when Bishasan made the party, when he thought that the Beit HaMikdash was not going to be built, and he came back from his war that night, and he celebrated, and he drank, and all that, so what ended up happening? That she says, Bishasan si'aton emar b'shuvamena melhamash dariyavish v'kodesh ayut sarin al-babel Bishasan beat dariyavish and kodesh v'netzhan bishasan oto ayom v'ayu ayefim They were tired v'hamim and they were uh, hot from the war that they just fought v'yeshvu nishtot and what ended up happening? v'nishtakiru they got drunk v'botu ayom nehirag that day Bishasar got killed v'af ester amla mituk b'shtehen shalishayim b'ayim lahim puranu she had a tradition when the Shaim make parties, problems happen to them. The Shasa made a party, died. You know, let me make a party and uh, something will happen. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. Okay, so we have how many answers there? We have uh, maybe six or seven answers explaining exactly the strategy of Esther Malka. So the Gabbara says, Ashkei Rababarabu found Who's right? What was the real strategy of Esther when she did this? They were all in Amar. Like all the Tanaim and all that money we mentioned, they're all correct. Esther had all these intentions in mind. So it wasn't a, a single uh, strategy. It was, it was many, many angles. So now, Haman comes home, and he's all angry at, uh, at Mordechai, and he starts to tell his family and his advisors about his success, about his money, and how all this is not worth it to him because Mordechai is not bowing to him. So it says he talks about Rov Banav, the abundance of children that he had. So the Gemara says, Vechama Rov Banav, how many children did he have? Rov Banav. Amarav Shloshim, he had 30 children. Asara Metu, those were the 10 that got hung. Asara, no, those were 10 that died, Stam, naturally. Asara Metu, the 10 that got hung. Asara Mazim al Petahim, and 10 of them became. Paupers, Anim, they have to go around collecting by the doors. 
Rabbanan Amri, Actually, he had 70 children that were paupers that had to collect money. What are those? Dikhtiv, Seve'im Balechem Nizkaru. Altikre Seve'im Ela Shiv'im. Which means, Shiv'im Balechem Nizkaru. There were 70 sons of Aman Balechem Nizkaru that were paid with bread that I go collect. Firabi Baraba Amar Kulan Mataim Ushmanahavu. Actually, there were 208. Rob Banav, he had 208 children. Shnei Amar, Verov Banav. Rov Banav. The Gemara says, Rov, Begimatria. The Gemara says, Verov, Begimatria, Matan, Barbisaravu. Shinjikan, Vav, Resh, Vav, Bet, is 214. So how do you tell me it's 208? It's Gematria. It's not the Gematria. The Gemara says, Amarav, Nachman, Baritzak, Verav Ketiv. Which is, if you look in the Megillah, it's missing a Vav. So Vav. Resh Bet is 208, missing the second Vav. That doesn't say Verov. So therefore, that's a little gematria 208. That's how many children he had. Balailahu. Nadeda Shenat That night, as we know, the King Hajarosh's sleep was uh, interrupted. Nadeda, he was shaky, he was, uh, couldn't uh, sleep, he was disturbed. Nadeda Shenat Malko Shenolam. Who's the Melech? The Melech is referring to Hakadot Baruchu, which means as if Borei Olam that night was disturbed to the extent they said, "Now's the time we have to take revenge against the enemy." Now the Nashinat Hamelech Hakadot Baruchu. Now he never yerumelo yishan to Israel. Now he wanted to take revenge. The Rabbanan Amri Nadidu Elyonim Nadidu Tachtonim, which means that she says. Says the Elyonim, the angels in the heaven were disturbing the king on earth. What were they doing? The whole night when he was lying down, it says, They kept on putting in his brain, You ingrate. Somebody did good for you and you didn't reward him. He couldn't sleep, he was constantly being perturbed. So meaning in the heavens they were causing Hashverosh uh, to have these thoughts in order for him to to, 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 to pay back Mordechai. That she brings an alternate shot. Another interpretation is uh, that the Elyonim, the ones in the uh, heavens, that's the Malachim, they also stirred up. They themselves went to for the Tachtonim. In order that the ones on earth will be saved. Rava Amar, Shinat Amelech Hasverosh Mamash. Which means when it says, Nadidat Shinat Amelech, which literally means he could not sleep. He could not sleep. Why? Naflale Milta Bedatin. The whole night he's lying on his bed and he's thinking. Amar, Mai de Kamandizim in Teistil Haman. It was bothering him. Why should she invite Haman to the party? Why Davka Haman? Maybe Esther and Haman, they're plotting to kill me. And therefore, he's coming to the party, they're preparing already a coup. Then he thought to himself, That can't be. There's always spies, there's always somebody that wants to be a hero. Somebody for sure would expose this plot. Uh, because uh, they want to save the king. Hadar Amar Dilma Ika Inish the Avad B Tivuta Veloparate. Wait. Could be that somebody once saved my life and helped me and I didn't reward him. Mishumahi Mimna Inche Velo Magluni. 
And that's why nobody wants to save my life this time, because it wasn't worth. This guy Mordecai saved the king's life. One, the king did nothing for him. So you know what? It's not worth it to be a hero, because the king is ungrateful anyway. All these things were going through his mind all night. Miyad, right away, bring me, bring me the diary. Bring me the book. We got to see if uh, so. I, I didn't pay back anybody. And they will be read. That's master. The Gemara says that they were read on their own. What does it mean they were read on their own? Let me fashion explain that uh, those that were uh, trying to, you know, read the Zifra Zikronot, they were anti-Semites as well. Like we're going to learn tomorrow is that they were the sons of Haman. They don't want to read the about Mordechai, they didn't get paid. So they kept on, uh, you know, turning the pages to look for something. They kept on opening up to that page. So they turned this way, that's funny, Hajur uh, sees what's going on. He said, what's going on there? What, what, what does that page say? So it's always as if they were read by themselves. As much as they tried to subvert the, 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 the page, the page always came back to that page. So therefore, they was forced, they had to read it. They were read against their will.